Hey there. If you like this podcast, you are going to love my new book, Needy, How to Advocate for Your Needs and Reclaim Your Sovereignty. In Needy, I share my unique approach to identifying, honoring, and advocating for the most tender and true parts of yourself that are yearning to be acknowledged. It is an invitation to embody self-acceptance, which leads to meaningful growth in self-responsibility, self-care, self-trust, and self-love. All of the themes that we talk about all of the time on this podcast. Woven with threads of timeless wisdom, honest assessments of our needs, and heartfelt personal stories of transformation from yours truly and others, Needy illustrates a profound vision for what is possible when you listen to the stirrings of your heart and reclaim your undisputed sovereignty in your life. Now, you can get Needy wherever books are sold, but if you are a podcast super fan, you might appreciate the audiobook, which I do narrate, which you can find on Audible. Now on to today's show. Hey there, it's your host, Mara Glatzel, and you are listening to the Needy Podcast. Here at Needy, we are devoted to sharing frank conversations and true stories about what it means to meet your needs consistently, messily, and sustainably. Needy is a listener-funded podcast. Your contributions enable us to continue bringing you the delicious conversations you adore without advertisement or interruption. To become a member of the Needy Inner Circle and to get information about today's episode, dance on over to theneedypodcast.com. Now, on to today's show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Needy Podcast. This is your host, Mara Glatzel, and I am here today with a rare these days solo episode. And I want to start with how I feel about recording this solo episode at this exact moment, because I think that how we show up, what we show up for, especially when we aren't feeling something, is really important to illuminate. And as I've been thinking about this episode all day, I've been thinking about that uh, Patty Griffin song, When It Don't Come Easy. And kind of like how we create, how we show up, how we do things when it doesn't come easy. Because so often it doesn't. So often we are spread really thin. So often we are torn between priorities encumbered by things that we need to focus on by necessity. For example, at my house, uh, we recently recovered from several rounds of an illness, ending with a whopper of a family stomach bug, which we have never experienced as a full family before. And, you know, essentially how we pivot to what is in front of us and how we learn to deal with the feelings that we're having about that right? About our best laid plans, about our commitments, about needing to be flexible and resilient in the face of a changing landscape. And 
a lack, a distinct lack of certainty. So a little backstory. I'm coming to you live almost three months, just about three months from the birth of my book, Needy. And, you know, over the course of this year, I've been pouring a lot of my effort into publicizing that book. I've been on a ton of podcasts. If you've been following me on social media, you've seen me sharing all those podcasts. I've been guest teaching a lot, been doing a lot of live in person um, and also at distance speaking gigs and opportunities to connect with new audiences and share my work and share my book. And, you know, even before for the year before that, I was pouring a ton of effort into editing that book and, you know, simultaneously caring for our loved one who was terminally ill with cancer and ultimately passed away after 10 months of caring for him last year. And the year before that, I was writing that damn book. (laughs) So what I, the reason I'm sharing that is to pull back the curtain on what do we commit to, right? Writing and publishing Needy was an extremely important, important, realized dream for me, commitment for me. A stepping stone in my career that felt really juicy and delicious, continues to feel really juicy and delicious. And because I chose to prioritize that, other things made it to the wayside. And this is the way our life goes. And yet, we are so well conditioned to believe that we can and should do all things all at the same time. And that if we don't have that kind of light from within or boundless energy to approach all of the things, it is our problem and not a setup in the scenario. And so one of the commitments that I made to myself when I thought about bringing this book to fruition was that it was an active choice. And I knew that saying yes to this big project would mean I would have to say no to a lot of things akin to having a child. Uh, You know, I see having a child as obviously beyond this, but actively, it's like I am just trying to get pregnant, being pregnant, um, being in my first two years of postpartum time. It is a multi-year endeavor during which it is your primary focus by necessity. And even when, obviously, because we need to do things like pay our mortgage, we might be doing multiple things at that same time. We're just one person in one body. And so I say all of this because I think we need to cut ourselves some slack. And I made a commitment to cut myself some slack. I knew that doing something like releasing a book into the world is the kind of thing where you work really, really hard until that day, pub day, February 28th. But that day is not going to change your life. I mean, even if you hit the New York Times bestseller list, I guess like then, you know, maybe it changes your life. But even so, I have questions. Um, That day, the ripple effects of what you've created are going to be reverberating for years and years and years. 
And yet again, we have this conditioning around, okay, this is it. This is go time. Like this is the day and everything's going to be different after this day. And of course, some things are, but most things aren't. It's just like a birthday or another big event where you think, oh, promotion day, marriage, wedding day. This is the moment that's going to catapult me into this whole new stratosphere. And we are becoming all the time. And I don't want to pretend that publishing and promoting needy didn't change me because it it did. It, you know, I, I feel like I grew up more in the last six months than I had in years before that. And that growth process was really had to do with this reckoning of, am I willing to stand behind my own work? Am I willing to go out and say, here, this is what I believe in. This is, I made something beautiful for you and I stand behind it 100%. And how doing so for my book would make me also do so for um, my work as a whole and what it looks like to be in front of a, a whole bevy of new eyeballs. And it's powerfully transformative, but, and it doesn't change everything. And with that great expansion comes a necessary contraction. And we've talked about this cycle of expansion and contraction here on the Needy Podcast before, but it's something that I see with my clients, I see with myself, we need to keep revisiting. We need to keep talking about how what goes up must by necessity come down. And what expands must by necessity at some point contract so that it can expand again. And that we too, just like the seasons, just like the tide, just like the moon, are always in this process of creation and this waning fallow time, these tiny deaths, these rebirths, and that too often we code that in our understanding of ourselves as something's wrong or I'm a failure or my favorite, least favorite. I don't know what's wrong with me. I hear this every day. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just so tired. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's really hard to record my podcast right now. I don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't want to write another email. And a practice that I have for myself is validating. I know exactly what is quote unquote wrong with me. Uh, I don't really use that language. I'm more apt to say I know what's up with me, for example, Um, But I know what's up with me. What's up with me is over the last three years, I've poured so much creative effort into my work, into my parenting, into my broader caregiving, that I am in a period of recouping. I'm in a period of giving to myself and refilling. I'm in a period of rest, right? And a lot of that's active rest. And so just a reminder, you're going to read a lot about this if you read Needy. You're going to hear a lot about this if you take a class with me, but 
I talk about passive rest, which is sleep or, you know, horizontal rest, and active rest, which is any activity that gives you more than it takes to complete. So for me, active rest includes things like cooking dinner or walking my dog outside in nature, being outside kind of period, the end, but also things like detailing my car. You know, the the energetic boon that I get from organizing a small space is far outweighs the effort. Of course, it takes effort, but it far outweighs the effort that it requires. So net gain, um, that's a win for me. That's a, that's That's an active rest activity. So when I was thinking today about this Patty Griffin song, When It Don't Come Easy, I started thinking about what is coming easily right now. And the things that are coming easily to me right now are falling asleep with my kids and waking up with my kids in the middle of the night and getting into bed with them and sleeping next to them. And, you know, they're both on this cusp of they're about to have their birthdays and they've been really needy over the last couple of weeks. And it it pleases me to meet their needs. It pleases me to slow down with them. It feels natural and right to align my my energy with theirs so that, you know, I'm done working for the day when they go to bed. I usually fall asleep next to one of them and then, you know, maybe get up and watch some TV, but I never pull my computer back out or anything. And what's coming easily to me right now is pouring my energy into my local community. I've talked about in the past here that I serve on multiple boards and committees and um, I'm a member of the local housing authority. I do a lot of work with affordable housing and I'm also the chair of the local comprehensive plan committee, which is a townwide committee that's tasked with creating this big document that um, kind of outlines the next five to 10 years of the for the future of my town. And I spend a lot of my energy every week, you know, writing emails in meetings, crafting this document, working with people and advocating a lot of advocating. I um, am a good public speaker. And also I love to speak publicly. And so I put that to use in my local community a fair amount. <laughs> and that's that feels great. That's coming easily. I'm going to meetings. We just had town meeting. I am um, have my, had my heart broken about a most recent vote. And that's, you know, that's what it is. That's good work. It's local work. And so, you know, in thinking about how we perseverate on what's not coming easily, what is feels hard or big or too much. It's like, I hear this from business owners all the time. You know, I can't show up on Instagram right now and I'm hyper-focused on how not showing up on Instagram is negatively impacting my business or I can't show up in this way and or I can't write things out. And instead of hyper-focusing on what's not working, what would be different for us if we got curious about what is working, right? So during my book launch, I became keenly aware that I had no words left in me. 
Um, if you've been on my newsletter list, you will know that this last year, you haven't gotten a lot from me. And that's because words have not been coming easily. But I've been having a lot of conversations. I've been recording videos for my stories on Instagram. I'm here hanging out with you now. I've been recording being on a lot of podcasts and really enjoying being interviewed, finding a lot of getting a lot of energy from that. And so what's different for us if we ask the question of what might work? What is coming easily? Could I, I'll tell you what I don't do anymore, return emails with text. Because I sit there and I look at my inbox and I look at my inbox and I look at my inbox and just feel exhausted by writing one more word. And so I don't. I have a little loom attachment. I record up a video and I say whatever it is that I was going to say, you know, usually five, 10 minutes and send that off instead. And is that what people are expecting from me? Maybe not. But it enables me to approach the things that I need to do to run my business, to be here, that I want to do to support my clients and do it in a way that is working for me. And so when we're thinking about, when we're in this space, this necessary space of contraction, how can we get creative and curious about how to sink deeper into self-connection and into self-trust? And how can we meet ourselves where we are with as much compassion and understanding as possible and make it work? And maybe it looks different than we thought it would. Maybe it looks different than we think it should. But what is possible for us in this space? And so as I was thinking about coming onto this podcast today, I have been dragging my feet on outlining the perfect podcast for all of you. And I thought, well, I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about that. Or this is a salient point. And every time I would go to outline the podcast, I would get exhausted. And I just would drag my feet. And so it was an opportunity for me to ask the question of how might I want to approach this differently? What is possible for me right now? And really believing that meeting myself where I am and delivering what is possible for me right now is valuable. And talking about the process is valuable because I know how many of us get stuck in that place of beating ourselves up when it's not coming easily. Beating ourselves up because we aren't able to do things the way we think it should be done or the way everyone else is doing it. Or when our expectations for how we're going to feel are vastly different than how we feel. And so we have to pivot. Or when you're like me and you get sick for two weeks, all of a sudden you're better, great, all systems go, and then your whole family gets knocked out by a stomach bug and everything comes to a screeching halt again while you wash everything in your house multiple times. And that that is life. That is life. And as a recovering perfectionist and control freak, I hate that about life. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. But it's true. And so what does it look like to approach that truth with as much self-kindness and self-compassion and resiliency and trust as possible? What does it look like to be who and how you are out loud? You know, I've been sharing a little bit about uh, how I've been feeling in this contraction on social media. And every time I get emails from people that say, oh my gosh, are you okay? What's wrong? How's it going? Or who are just, you know, generally turned off by the presence of truth (laughs) or struggle. And those messages used to make me want to take it all back and have this kind of hip check feeling of never going to say that again. You know, being mad that people are pitying me or thinking that I can't hack it or, you know, whatever people are thinking, right? And I'm not responsible for what people are thinking, but I am responsible for telling my truth as clearly and as often as possible. And sometimes that truth looks like it's not coming easily right now. I'm burnt out right now. I'm tired right now. I'm sick. I've been sick. I'm sick again. It's inconvenient. I'm a human being. I have a whole host of um, health stuff. I have, you know, children. I have whatever it is, right? Um, That we have this, generally speaking, cultural low tolerance for people being how they are out loud. And we kind of let them know that they're not acting right by sending them messages and saying, oh, no, how are you doing? (laughs) Driving them nuts with those kinds of messages. But here's the thing. We all benefit. We all benefit when we talk about it. We all benefit when we are clear about our needs and our boundaries. And for me, at this point in my life, I have a fully fleshed out commitment to my body, to my energy, to my the things that I value, to my family, to my kids, to my work. And I'm unwilling to do anything that's going to endanger the consistency and the sustainability of my ecosystem. And yeah, I mean, shit happens. And sometimes I get knocked sideways just like everyone else. But by and large, I control the pace and I control the the care and my bedtime and the boundaries that I have with myself about what I need and what I say yes to and what I say no to. And exercising all of those things for my highest good so that I can become the fertile soil for my next project or my next thing, there's value in that. And there's value in saying out loud, this is what I'm doing. Because permission loves company. And what you allow yourself and how you allow yourself that thing, meaning 
out loud and in the presence of other people sparks that resonance and that reverberation of permission that expands out from you. And what you allow yourself, people then see as a model of possibility for what they might allow themselves. And the more that we are able to expand out in that way, the more permission we all are able to give ourselves. But that begins with these conversations of, you know, what's not coming easily right now? And why? And what judgments do I have about that? Right? Because you would be 100% correct if you thought that I spent the last two days um, stewing in judgment, knowing that the podcast that I was going to record was vastly different than the podcast I thought I should record. And those two days were spent in conversation with myself, reminding myself that this has value, that I believe that with every fiber of my being, that when we talk about what we're prioritizing, how we're prioritizing it, what we're saying no to, how we feel about that, because you don't have, doesn't have to feel great. You don't have to say like, oh yeah, I'm downsizing my life and it feels awesome. It can feel like crap. You can have a ton of grief and you can know that you need to do it anyway. And so the more that we're able to talk about that and share in good company, the more permission we're all going to feel to contract when we're contracting and to really surrender to thinking about what we can take off the table from actual agenda items to the pressure that we put on ourselves to be better and more than we are. And that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm, I'm, that's the, the, the crux of so much of my work. And so here we are. I'm in a contraction. It's been a long year so far. And I'm spending a lot of time sleeping next to my children and cooking them dinner and talking to people about affordable housing and hanging out, watching Grace and Frankie. And that's enough. I'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Nini podcast with Mara Glatzel. If you want my support in learning how to nourish your needs, dance on over to the NiniPodcast.com to take my quiz to figure out what you need right now and how to meet those needs with a greater sense of ease and confidence. If you love today's show, please leave us a review on iTunes and consider joining the Needy Inner Circle, where your monthly contribution enables us to continue bringing you the delicious conversations you adore without advertisement or interruption. To become a member of the Needy Inner Circle and gain access to the inspiring behind-the-scenes treats we've whipped up for you, skip to the NeedyPodcast.com. 
And as always, permission loves company. So if there's a human in your life that you think would benefit from this conversation, I would be so grateful if you would share it with them. Thank you.